0: Good morning and welcome to "Beating Around the Bush podcast episode 36 entitled The Hall of Fame Edition and She's Quite a Philly. The "Beating Around the Bush podcast is an extension of the "Beating Around the Bush column that appears weekly in the Carroll Newsletter and are simply my opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Again, welcome in to episode 36 and let me start out by saying uh, we're kind of changing our pattern here a little bit because it's summertime a lot of things going on there's been a lot of baseball and softball going on the last uh, several weeks for me and uh, a lot of stuff to do around the farm and I just don't seem to find time to sit down for 30 minutes or 45 minutes basically what it takes me to do a podcast and there's not uh, as much to talk about maybe as there is during football season and basketball season and so on. So we've been kind of doing one every two weeks or uh, another way of putting it, doing one whenever we feel like doing one or when we can find time to do one. And that's what we're doing today. You know, the last podcast we did came about 10 days ago or so, maybe 12. But we went up to the middle school. And again, let me thank the ladies of the Huntington Phillies softball team uh, for joining me on our last podcast. If you hadn't listened to that one, you need to go back and listen to that one. Great job, ladies. Uh, two great coaches for our Huntington Philly softball team. And uh, I appreciate them, Amy Fuller and uh, Lish War Britton, for joining me. Uh, no, it'll be two weeks ago this coming Thursday. So it would be about 12 days ago. And uh, we had a great time doing that. And they are having a time of their lives right now because the Phillies we're, we're going to get into the hall of fame. I know I started that out with the first part of the title, but it actually sounded better to go first than she's quite a Philly, but let's talk about the Phillies first because uh, last night in Camden on five 16, what a great night for the Hayden Phillies. They played Camden first round of the region and defeated the Lady Lions ten to one to advance to the region championship game tomorrow night at Martin Westview. And the Phillies uh, trailed one to nothing going into the top of the fifth. Adlin Allen with a huge home run to tie it at one-one, and it kind of opened the floodgates. Phillies scored four more runs in the fifth, uh, take a five-one lead, and then uh, Scott scored five more in the top of the sixth to put the game away ten to one, and that was to a team. That they had lost two earlier in the season. I remember making that trip over there. They lost seven to three as Riley rushing hit a grand slam uh, to walk it off in the bottom of the seventh, and that was game. Really, at the time, I thought the Phillies should have won. They lead. They led in that game three to one going going into the bottom of the seventh, and uh, walked a couple batters. Uh, ended up Camden ended up tying the game, and then rushing won the game for them. But I had a feeling about last night because last Thursday was an epic time for the Phillies. It was an epic night as they had to battle their way through the loser's bracket of the district tournament, District 12 AA tournament. They had to battle their way through the loser's bracket because they won the first game of the district against Union City, five to one, I believe was that score. And then they had to face Westview in the, uh, Finals of the winners bracket lost three to nothing. So they had to battle their way back and then they had would turn around and play Union City again, I think. And I won three to two, but that was a really a, a nail biter as the Phillies led three to nothing going into the top of the seventh of that game. And Union City scored two with two outs and had to tie and run at third with two outs. And Phillies got out of it and won that game. And then they played Westview Thursday night for the district championship, having to beat the Lady Chargers twice to win the district. Well, that's hard to do against a good team, and Westview's a good team. But they pulled it off in the first game, winning four to three, and one of the best softball games I've ever seen in my life. The actually the uh, Lady Chargers led three to nothing late in that game. Philly scored four runs, I think it was in the fifth or sixth. I'd have to go back and look, but uh, late in the game. Uh, Nonetheless, and then held on to win the game, force a second championship game. And that was an instant classic, as the term goes. It went 10 innings before the Lady Lions, I mean, excuse me, the Lady Chargers actually won that game five to four. And both teams had plenty of chances down the stretch to win uh, that softball game from the sixth inning on. Uh, Hayden had a couple chances to score the winning run as they were the home team in the second game and couldn't get it done. And Westview had a couple of uh, chances late to win the game, didn't get it done. A couple of great defensive plays by both teams. I remember one in Pacific uh, where Kayla Pulling dies for a sinking line drive in left field, and there was a runner on first, and she had already made the turn at second because she just knew it was a hit and Kayla caught caught the softball, got up, threw it to second, and, and it was a great play by Madison Mann. I'll tell you why. Because she caught the play at second, and kids that age, and Madison's a sophomore, would have a tendency uh, to rush that throw to first to get the double play. She didn't rush it. She took her time uh, because she knew she had plenty of time, but that's smart thinking, and got to run it at first. Uh, just one of the examples of uh, that game uh, turning out the way it did, and of course, the international rule came into effect in the 10th inning of that game, and that's really the main reason probably at Westview won. Of course, Hayden had the same opportunity and didn't get it done. But anyway, that put them at Camden Monday night to play the District 11-A champion, double-A champion, and that was the Camden Lady Lions. Again, a team they'd lost to 7-3 in the season. Uh, it was in doubt until that fifth inning, uh, but that puts the Phillies in good shape to – Play a team they're familiar with. It'll be the sixth time that the Lady Phillies or the Phillies have played the Lady uh, Chargers this season. So far, Westview has won three of those contests. Phillies have won two, but it could easily be five and one with Phillies holding the upper edge. But in uh, one game, was it was the only blowout? It was eleven to two, I believe it was uh, back. Uh, it hadn't been all that long ago, and then the Phillies won at Hayden, and then of course he had to close games in the district tournament, so it could have it could have gone either way in those other uh, four games. So, but it'll be the sixth time. And this time it'll be for the region championship. But it, it, it's people don't you know, and I, I've never have liked this, and I'm gonna get off on a real a little bit of a rant for just a couple of minutes because I want to talk about the Hall of Fame stuff that came that happened. Uh, uh, Several days ago now, but uh, I never have liked the format and we may talk about that at length next week or next time we do a podcast and uh, just a word of warning, we may not do, maybe we're, we're going to be a little slack on podcasts probably in June because I'm going to be gone uh, out of country for two weeks. So I won't do a podcast from Scotland. I'm going to tell you that right now, but uh, I never have liked the format. Last night, you know, you, Philly's had a great season you know, like twenty two and uh, eight for the season, something were along there. I'd have got exactly what it was. Uh, but you know, you lose last night and your season's over. Camden season's over. Well, they had a good season and one ended up winning their uh, district tournament. Uh, but their season's over. One game. You got one shot in the region. You get two shots in the district at least. And I just never have liked that format. Uh, but tomorrow night, it doesn't matter if you win or lose when you talk about the aspect of when you play next, because you're guaranteed both Huntington and Westview tomorrow night to play another game after that. And that would be Friday in the sectionals. Some people still call it substate, but either way you still got one more game to play. What tomorrow night determines is whether or not you travel or you play at home for that sectional game. And, and it's huge from one aspect is the teams that you're going to be matched up against right now, it'll be Loretto and Summertown who play tomorrow night for that region five championship. So the loser will have to more than likely because Summertown's like 34 and nine. They're pretty good. they always are pretty good. They've got some state championships. And, you know, Loretta is usually pretty good. I think they're having a little bit of a down year compared to the past, but they still made it to the region championship game. So if you lose tomorrow night, more than likely, just a guess. But it's an educated guess. You have to travel to Summertown. I've made that trip to Summertown twice, I know, of a softball game. I've been there two times, I know, for a uh, basketball game. And no desire to ever go back to Summertown again. Only because, and I'm sure it's a nice little place. Huh? Yeah, I didn't get to turn around that much. and uh, But uh, it's almost two and a half hours to get there. Um, that's why I don't care anything about going. It's nothing against good folks of Summertime. But if you lose, that's probably where you're going. If you win, you're probably hosting Loretto. So, and that game could be a toss up tomorrow night. So, if you don't have anything to do and you want to skip church, if you have church on Wednesday night, uh, not saying that's a good reason to skip church. But, you know, one time out of uh, however many Wednesdays there are in a year, I, it might be okay. I'm not advocating that. But just forget I said all that. That's terrible. But anyway, let's get into the Hall of Fame stuff. And what a lot of you may not know is that uh, uh, how it happened, I'm not sure. Uh, they caught me in a moment of weakness, if you want to put it that way. But I am chairperson of the Carroll County Sports Hall of Fame. And what that means is being a CEO of 10 people that select uh, people to be inducted in the Carroll County Sports Hall of Fame from the five different school uh, zones in Carroll County. That's West Carroll, uh, McKenzie, Huntington, Brewston, and Clarksburg. At least one person from each one of those places go in every year. And in this case, this year there were three people from Huntingdon that went in. And basically, all I do is orchestrate. I set the deadlines, and uh, I get to speak during the banquet, and I introduce everybody, and all this good stuff. And um, but these uh, uh, ten board members—they're the ones that do all the hard work. And uh, I won't name them all, but you know, next year. If you want to find out how to get somebody you know into the Hall of Fame, you turn in a nomination to one of those 10 people or at the Carroll County Chamber of Commerce, and they will review it, uh, two people from each area, and they will look at those nominations and decide how many and who is deserving of the Carroll County Sports Hall of Fame. I do not decide that. That's that's They do that. Uh, I used to be on that end of it until I got promoted, if you want to use that term or demoting if you want to put it that way either way i'm still chairperson and all i do is orchestrate i do not select uh it's not my job to select i just uh tell them hey here's when we need to have our ad money in here's when we need to have the nominations in by here's what you need to do when you find who your person is and all this stuff and i coordinate and they do all the work but Last uh, Saturday night, May the seventh, and today is May the seventeenth, so it's been ten days now. There were seven people that went into the Carroll County Sports Hall of Fame, and I want to talk about each one of them in just a second. I've got several minutes left before this podcast ends, and uh, it, it's it's it always is a humbling experience for me uh, as I stand at the podium and introduce each and every one of these. Uh, inductees, and what I do is I read the bio, uh, their accomplishments, if uh, so to speak, and then they they speak, uh, hopefully they keep it short, and uh, tell a little bit about yourselves. but you know, when they get up and speak, the theme's always the same. Uh, we talk about their accomplishments, or I do when I read the bio, but you know, each one of those nominees, most of the time, when they get up there, uh, they don't talk as much about wins and losses and they don't talk about their selves as much as you think they would and, and they do refer to some things and you know it, it's natural to do that but they talk more about the people that they were around when they were playing that had an impact on their lives they talk about those people that influenced what they were doing uh that encouraged them gave them goals to reach, and gave them the motivation to become even considered for the Carroll County Sports Hall of Fame. And they talk about that more than they do anything else. They also talk about the bonds that they had with the people that they were associated with, their teammates, uh, their coaches, and some of them still have those bonds and those friendships and those fellowships with the people that they played with, and it might be 50 years ago, but they hold that dear. That is more precious to them, the people that had the influence on their lives and the bonds they made than their accomplishments or how many games they won or they they lost. And that is always, uh, it jumps out at me every time because you hear them talk about that. And I get the opportunity to end because one other thing that we do is we recognize 10 students uh, for their accomplishments, not only on the athletic field, but also academically. And each school picks their two. Again, we do not pick those. the Schools pick those, and uh, we honor them with a plaque and uh, uh, rec- recognize them for the things that they've done. But I told those kids, I said, you know, you're, you're here right now In the same spot these people were in, some of them 20 years ago, some of them 10, some of them maybe even 50 years ago. But they talk about the impact that people had on their lives. I told these young people, I said, now's your chance uh, to have an impact on someone else. But that's true for all of us, is it not? That we all have an opportunity uh, to have an impact on somebody. And sometimes it may be negative, but let's hope it is positive. And that's what we need to strive for as a human race. That's a world gone mad. You know, just turn on the news. Uh, but uh, that's what I got out of these people. And I wanted those young people to know that because somebody has influenced and impacted them to where they're at. Now it's their turn. But let's look at those 10 uh, right quick. And we can always ramble more a little bit later if we need some time. But the first one was Lynn Brandon. A 1962 graduate of Huntington High School. So there you go. There was somebody, uh, what was that, 60 years ago? Yeah, 60 years ago, he played uh, baseball, basketball, and football. And uh, three years starter in basketball. And it said he averaged 20 points a game his senior year. You think about that in 1962, averaging 20 points a game, when the game was not as fast-paced. didn't have a three-point line. That that's pretty incredible. He also started uh, as a quarterback on a football team his junior and senior year. Uh, They went nineteen and two in those two years. Volunteer Conference both champion uh, both years. He was all Volunteer Conference. Graduated from walked on at David Lipscomb and made the baseball team. Uh, His freshman year, he's MVP of that team. And then he went on to play third base and backup catcher. And then the year after that. He became, uh, or he got a full scholarship at Western Kentucky University. So that was our first inductee. The second one is somebody I've actually played softball with and her dad. And that was Aaron Grant from Clarksburg. Uh, Aaron played uh, over at uh, Bethel, had a full scholarship over at Bethel. And she graduated from University of Tennessee Martin, had a bachelor's degree and master's degree. Now she's teaching elementary school in Henderson County. Uh, but she played four years at Clarksburg. Uh, they won a district championship her junior and senior years. Uh, she played in a substate game her senior year, made all district, all region, all West Tennessee, and scored over 2,300 points in her career. Pretty impressive. And then uh, the next uh, inductee was somebody who was kind of dear to my heart because I knew this man real well. And he played with my younger brother, Mark, uh, just a couple of years after I graduated, and that was James Arthur Harris. You know, he's listed in the program as James Harris, but all of us knew him as James Arthur. Uh, I did a story back during COVID uh, when you didn't have any sports to write about, nothing local that was going on because everything was shut out. So, you know, I'm trying to be creative, top five athletes in the history of Huntington High School. And I put James Arthur on my list. Some people said that's not right, but that was my opinion. And, And you can argue. As to who the top five are all day long. And he'd come up five different ones. But on my list, James Arthur Harris was one of the top five because it didn't matter what ball you put in his hand. And uh, Coach Jerry Robson spoke of that a little bit later on, but it didn't make any difference what kind of ball you put in James Arthur's hands. He was good at it. Played three years of baseball, three of basketball, three of football, all district. junior and senior years of basketball uh started halfbacks junior and senior year football all volunteer conference honorable mention all west tennessee uh he was voted the most athletic in his class a senior year and i'll remember it real well uh but it was uh it what they went 10 and 0 and that's when they lost uh number one ranked team in the state and lost down at bishop Byrne in that uh wild wild uh playoff game 15 to 14 a lot of people remember but james arthur harris uh, just uh just an outstanding athlete and uh very very likable i can hear him now uh, playing church league basketball against him and i did that and played some baseball with him in an independent league one time and Uh, I remember going in for a layup or something, you know, blocks a shot. and He goes, you better not bring that in here, Bush. Don't bring that in here. You know, he was just, uh, he was a character, uh, umpired a lot, uh, chief of security at Bethel and just uh, a very loved man by lots of people. And then the next inductee was uh, Jerry Robinson. As I mentioned earlier, uh, graduated in 64, uh, played uh, football as his main sport. But uh, all volunteer conference, and those uh, four years that he played, or the three years that he played, and freshman didn't play back in those days. Thirty-five and six, honorable mention, all volunteer conference in '64, honorable mention always Tennessee. Uh, best tackler his senior year, '65. 1965, went to UT Martin on a football scholarship. Got in, uh, injured, went to the uh, U.S. Air Force. Attended Bethel later on, received his degree, became a junior high coach and worked his way up. Uh, Served as assistant coach or he coached basketball team for boys and girls in 74 through 78 and served as assistant coach in 74 for the baseball team. 79 promoted to assistant high school football coach and in 1980 became head coach. Uh, 26 and 15, 63 percent winning record. Uh, First coach to play on the new Paul Ward football field uh, was coach of the year in 1983 uh, and that was Jerry Robinson. And a lot of people know him as Wee. And uh, if I say Jerry Robinson, you don't might not know who I'm talking about, but if I say Wee Robinson, you know who I'm talking about. And then there was uh, James Hartsfield junior from uh, Brewston or hollow rock Brewston central. And uh, he was he, he was he was fun to listen to. He just a down home guy, you know, big old big old country boy. And uh, uh, you know, he, he talked about how he who knew but playing football on church grounds from sunup to sundown with produce football legends. But that was him, James Artsville Jr. '96 team captain, '94 '96 uh, captain, uh, multiple senior high school player of the week. 96 Central High Alignment of the Year Award, 95-96 All-Region, 96 Region 7 Player of the Year, 96 West All-West Tennessee, 95 Tennessee Allstate, Tennessee All-State, 96 Tennessee All-State Offense and Defense, uh, Best of the West Tennessee 1A Player of the Year. Uh, he was also a starter on the Kentucky High School, Tennessee, and Kentucky High School Football All-Star Game, 96 Class 1A Mr. Football Award winner and uh went on to play football for four years or had a four-year full athletic scholarship at university of pine bluff at our in arkansas uh he he was just an down I, I liked i loved his speech uh, uh just as humble as he could be i really liked that and then there's dexter williams and i've got his bio here in front of me and it was huge uh but dexter williams uh, played basketball over in uh, at West Carroll and at Union. Had a great career in both places. You know, all district, all region, all West Tennessee, all state honors. Had 47 points in one game. Uh, hit 10 three-pointers in that game. 2,011 points in his career. His jersey, number 12, is retired at West Carroll. Uh, he went on after graduating from Union, got into coaching. Led Liberty, Liberty Magnet, to two consecutive state championships in 06 and 07. And he's coached down at Milan. He is now coaching at TCA and uh, has gone in and out of administration. Was actually the uh, uh, superintendent at West Carroll School System for a year, a couple of years. And uh, but he's now now at Trinity uh being their head basketball coach you know it's one of those kind of things that once you get coaching in your blood it's hard to get it out of it and, uh, a great coach uh, a very well-spoken human being and then our last inductee of the night was uh drew hayes a lot of people remember drew hayes uh, played football over in mckenzie i uh, played baseball in mckenzie at one time, he was, uh, well, when his career ended, he was the second leading passer in the state of Tennessee in the history of the state of Tennessee with 9,292 yards, 738 completions, 1,038 attempts, 72 touchdowns, holds state and national records for single-game completions, 46-74 and against Union City in 05, um, Mr. Uh, football Award winner in 1A in 05. And baseball, of course, he went on to his senior year 13 and 2, 170 strikeouts, and his ERA was 0.63. That's less than a run a game. Had 12 strikeouts in the state championship game, which they beat Forrest and Mike Miner, uh, who is now still pitching in the major leagues. Uh, but he And he also scored one of the two runs. He was uh, Tennessee baseball coach's player of the year. Uh, award and the first athlete to win mr football and state baseball player of the year in the same school year and played basketball also when he was in high school and his team went 24 and 4 uh and won a district championship his senior year so and then he went on to graduate or went to bethel to play for his dad and then he left Buffalo, i went to vanderbilt uh ended his career at vanderbilt with a 6-0 and record his senior year and a trip to the super regionals and then uh, as I said, when I introduced him, you know, every little boy picks up a baseball, has a dream, and that's to one-day play in the major leagues, and a lot of us don't get to. A lot of us never see that dream come true. Drew Hayes did, uh, as he pitched uh, with the Cincinnati Reds for a while, and uh, now he is the uh, pitching coach for the Dunn-Eden Blue Jays down in Florida. And... Uh, uh that was just and he's 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 a he's a he's a a nice person talked to his dad glenn uh quite a bit that night uh before and after i've known glenn for a long time and he used to be the athletic director at bethel he used to be the baseball coach at bethel and he's still kind of referees basketball at 80 something years old every now and then and drew got into refereeing basketball and, and as i mentioned uh every time i would be at a basketball game and if drew hayes was uh Referee, he come over and speak to me. I always appreciated that. You know that Haind McKenzie rival ain't it? Ain't everything everybody thinks they is. but uh, you know it's not the Hatfields and McCoys. I don't know lots of people over there, and uh, sometimes there's some good folks. But uh, we also got to uh, recognize ten students that night, and I'll just read those right quick. I've got a couple more minutes. Uh, Shelby Swinford and Caden Wood from Clarksburg. Uh, Brewston didn't have a girl that was eligible. We usually pick a boy and a girl. Uh, but Bryce Perkins and Caleb Haskins, Haskins were the two from uh, uh, Hollow Rock Brewston Central High School. From Huntington, it was Kaylin Ballou and Aiden Hutcherson. Uh, McKenzie it was Jaden Barton and Zaden McCaslin. And then from West Carroll, Mia Jones and, and Xander Moon. It was a great night. Uh, good, good event. Uh, I encourage you if you ever get the opportunity to go, uh, just to listen to the stories. It's, it's very humbling. Uh, it makes you appreciate uh, great athletes because, as I said, their theme wasn't about, hey, wow, my team went 42 and 1. No, it was about, you know, I played for Coach So and So, uh, and I love that man. Uh, the one assistant coaches uh, taught me how to live life and oh uh, Johnny there my teammate we still do things together cuz we love each other and that's I, that that's what it was about it wasn't about the wins and losses it was about the bonds the friendships and all that good stuff and it, it was just humbling so uh i tried to do a podcast next week uh, like i said uh, june the 1st after june the 1st i'm going to shut it down for a couple of weeks so uh, there you go um, I'll come back in June. It won't be long football season. me be starting up in July. So a lot to look forward to. But uh, just keep looking for the podcast as I upload them. You'll see them on Facebook. I'll keep it posted on Facebook. And uh, you can always go to that Apple thing and, and see if there's one up. And I appreciate everyone that listens. And I hope you continue to do so. See you later.